Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Claudia Monicelli with another episode of Multiple Voices. My Multiple Voices podcast, true to its name, includes different series. For example, we have the Voices of Love, where we discuss relationships, the voice of empowerment, the voice of laughter and play, the voice of pleasure, and the magical voice of archetypes and how they change the way we live. But we also have the voice of memory that includes everything from history to discussions of past life regression. There's also writing voices where we interview both seasoned writers and authors who have just started getting their feet wet with writing and we learn what can work for you as potential writers. Our series called Voice of the Spirit discusses different forms of spirituality and religion. And then Channeling Voices is a series that covers what happens when you channel, but is also extended to mediumship. Take a moment to review this podcast if you've enjoyed listening, and leave a hearty five stars. I'd appreciate it. Enjoy your listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm back, and I'm back with quite an interesting guest. Um, I'm with Rick Ornelas. Hello, Rick. Say hello to our audience. Hi, Claudia. Uh, thank you for having me on your show. It's a pleasure to be here. And hello to everyone that is watching and listening. <laughs> I'm laughing because before we got on, I was giving him instructions. Um, when I have to push record, you don't say anything. And so when I said, say hello to our audience, I was thought, he's not going to say anything. <laughs> Instead, he did. <laughs> okay, so who is Rick? Um, he's talking to us from Texas now. Um, who knows where he'll be in the future, but um, he's quite a wide range. He has a lot of hats. Let's put it this way. He's a business strategist, best-selling author, a professional coach, and founder of iSpark Change. Now, I'd like to start with that. Um, and because I see, Rick, that most of your, you have, there, there are so many uh, things here that I can say about you. But what is interesting for me is, the notion that something occurred to you and all of a sudden there was an awakening, a spiritual awakening. I, I'd like to lead with that. And then we can go talk about other things. How's that? Just tell me first, yeah. where was Rick when he was growing up? So, Claudia, I grew up in Southern California uh, mm-hmm. near Los Angeles and uh, in Burbank to be exact, which is where all the uh, studios are Disney, right. NBC, all of that. My high right. school is right next to all of those. And now you're going to and... tell me you wanted to be an actor all your life. <laughs> so actually, <laughs> I, when I was younger, I, I did because Aww. there was so it was right there. Right. Yeah, right. it was right there, and so so I did, and and I, you know, dabbled in a couple little things, and yeah. I was in a Japanese music video one time, which was crazy. Oh. I was actually at. A, person dancing if you could believe that Whoa. Japanese you music you video were, you were on stage or in <laughs> pictures <laughs> it was it was at this tiny little club in Hollywood and it uh-huh. was and we never even got to see it because it was oh. it was live uh, it was uh, shown live in Japan so I never even got to see it but, um, big moment but little existed. things like that <laughs> yes <laughs> big big moment big moment as a teenager um but I, I grew up the youngest of, of uh, five, so I have mm-hmm. four older sisters. And, oh, oh my know. God. So you must have been the god of the family. Everyone must have revered you and held you up and on a, put you on a pedestal, I imagine. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe a little. 
maybe a little bit my, my sisters i'm talking from an italian perspective the italian families <laughs> or even jewish families to that for that matter so you were the yes, last somewhat. you were the baby yes i was the baby so I, I i was yes that i did get a lot of support from my sisters and my family and did get babied if you will yeah. in many respects and they did look after me um but my 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 parents were, you know, disciplinarians, especially my father. So, you know, we're oh. very structured. I mean, 12 years of, of Catholic school and, and, you know, very, very structured, uh, structured well, life. Structured with the girls as well. Oh, yes. Okay. And more so with them than ah. with me, actually. <laughs> actually, which is kind of typical, you know, as a, as a parent, especially not, not only being a male, but being the youngest. Okay. So you had a Catholic upbringing. Uh, does this mean the sacraments and uh, baptism? Uh, I can't remember what they call them. I went through them. And I can't remember myself. Um, confirmation, these things. Did you go through those? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I went through all of those as did, as did, you know, all my, all my family. And that was a big part of, of creating who I was at a, as a young person. Why? You know, Why do you say that? That conditioned you? I, I say it in the sense that my one of the most important things that my father instilled in myself and all of us was the power of your faith and how strong faith is and to have you know uh, faith as an ally I guess and to have uh, faith be a part of your life so that was really important um, growing up and that that's where I say that it was you know, yes, obviously different parts of the sacraments or church or whatever that played a role, but the biggest part was the faith, just mm -hmm. to have, to have faith in, in your, in, you know, in God, to have faith in your family and your life, all of that. So then what did young Rick with all this faith move on to do after high school? I mean, did you get, were you one of those uh, athletes who got a scholarship for some kind of, uh, uh sport or or what did you go on and what did you do i did um i, I actually did receive a scholarship but it was <laughs> academic it, ah, it was ac an academic scholarship good. and and actually all of my sisters did as well because as i said disciplinarian parents so our studies were super important, important and so yeah, yeah I, I went on to um university and uh, i my whole thing was I wanted to be done and, and I wanted to get through college as soon as possible. And what I wanted to be working and out in the what world. What did you major in? I started, if you could believe it, as uh, aerospace engineering and that <sighs> lasted. That's, <laughs> that's my, that was my dream. <laughs> yeah, that was that mine last? too. <laughs> that lasted like a month oh until I started failing in that, in that, in a oh, class. It's tough. It is tough. <laughs> and, tough. and then I went. I went undeclared for a while, and then I, I ended up uh, communications and marketing as, oh, was I my major. It. Yeah, you were one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you mean. But well, it's <laughs> like um, language. I come from the language area, right? So I know right away which students are are lazy and which students are go-getters. You know, all of the Italians who study Spanish, eh, you know, but if they go toward Japanese, Chinese, <laughs> that's a different story. So you're in marketing and you went the whole four years, I guess it is, or three, the re remaining period. You did finish. Yes, I, I graduated in four years. I, I had to with my scholarship because it was just for four years. So I, I graduated 
got my degree and started working right away in, in sales, different sales jobs, because I wanted, I just wanted to, I started, wanted to start working. I wanted mm -hmm. to, to get out into the world. Making money. And mm -hmm. make, yes, making money and, and, you know, being on my own and, and all those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so being now, independent. You, you did go through all of that, um, let's say business, I mean, you know, you, you, you call yourself a business strategist and when you uh, uh, call yourself a best-selling author, I imagine there is a book, correct? Yes. And, is there more and than that, one? There's one that is, is out. It came out last year and there's one that's in the works. Yes. Okay. What is the title the of that? Uh, the first? The title is 12 Hours of Heaven, Lessons for a Better World. Okay, so now we're in heaven. I like this place. Now, it, it, it has nothing to do with your your strategist work? So, yes and no. And I'd say, or probably no and yes. Oh, but that's we'll, what we'll I, I was going that to way. say. It must be no and yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, say, we'll say no and yes. And, and I'll tell you why. So, mm -hmm. in over the past 20 years, I worked for various companies. I worked, mm -hmm. had various positions in, in, in leadership and management and, and um, corporate training and development and working for startups. And all of that gave me this great knowledge around about business, right? Okay. About growing business. And, and that's what I coach now, coach others in their businesses mm -hmm. and everything. Um, as Do far I as... Hear a, a bit of boredom in that voice. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear it's far away, but I hear it. That, that's quite intuitive, yeah. Claudia. That's quite intuitive. I'm a psychic. <laughs> and I'll say that all of that was very foundational, but where I found my my bigger purpose, my bigger calling was in helping others and serving <laughs> others. And, and that's why I, I coach now because that's where my more passion is. You know, that's all great fundamental learning. The passion is really in, in coaching and okay, so and helping others. It's you're calling it coaching. It's not teaching per se. Uh, you're not in front of a classroom, one to many communication. You are coaching on a one to one basis or a one to three, let's say, small teams. How does that work? Yes, it's it's coaching on one to one, um, coaching on a small team where there might be you know three or five or ten right. people. Mm -hmm. Um, in small teams and in different capacities. Some is in a small business, some it's in, in groups um, that I coach with in, in different um, platforms. And all, but all of it involves helping these individuals to be better, to be a better okay. version of themselves. Okay. Now I'm waiting for the wake up call and I'm trying to figure <laughs> out when that's coming. And uh, it hasn't come yet, right? Well, we're right up to that point. Okay. And, <laughs> okay. I don't and, want to miss it. it. <laughs> and it happened. It happened last year mm -hmm. in March when the world shut down. Right. We go into pandemic and everybody's in quarantine. And my, my business, my business coaching business, which I had had since 2015, it slowed down as well. Yeah, of course. And I found myself with a lot of time mm -hmm. and, and, and a lot of anxiety, honestly, because I, my income had decreased substantially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was anxious. Sure. I was getting fearful of the future. Mm -hmm. And I decided to write. And so I decided to write about taking the time. I figured I had it much better than others. People were right. dying. People were suffering. Right. There was a lot of negativity in the right. world. Sure. And so 
who was I to think with some of my small problems, quote unquote, yes. small problems compared to others. Right. So I wrote about, I wrote a blog about using the time as an opportunity. And okay, then hold on I, now. Um, everyone knows what a blog is. Okay. Um, but there are blogs and blogs. Now, when you say I wrote a blog, where did that start on your website in a, you know, trade magazine? What, what did you do? Where did you put it? Initially, it was on my website. Initially, mm -hmm. it was on the website for my initial business. Right. Um, and I posted it there and then I posted it on Facebook and LinkedIn and so forth. Yeah. And it was very well received and, and people were inspired by what I had written about taking the time to serve others and, and ex improve yourself. You know, okay. that, that we have been provided an opportunity by COVID to okay. improve. Now, now, this is something that's coming out of your pen. All right. Metaphorically speaking, and it's coming out of your mind and you're, you're, you've embodied it in some way. So it was there. And can I say from what you have told me so far, it sounds like it was a reflection. It was an awakening process that occurred in a moment of dire crisis, the pandemic period for both for uh, business reasons and for spiritual reasons, or that's choice A or B is this the uh, influence of faith, that faith um, imprint that you had along with what was happening to you last year? What was the most influential for you to just start, you know, typing away? I, I'm, uh, this is not going to be a cop-out, but I'm going to say it started as choice A and then And it was, it went from choice A to choice B and I'll explain, Claudia. Okay. okay. What happened was initially I started writing as out of desperation, out of a yeah. result of the circumstances uh -huh. of what was happening. Right. Mm -hmm. And as I wrote, as I started writing my book, you know, my, went from blog to book and I'm writing my book as I got into the writing of my book, that's where I had that spiritual awakening. I went into okay. a period that lasted of about five or six weeks of a deep spiritual connection where I felt the story was just being given to me and I was just okay. the typist. Okay. So now we're in the nitty gritty. This is where I want you. Um, you're going to have to explain this as, uh, as clearly as you can and as in detail as you can. Do you feel like sharing that with us? Yeah, ab absolutely. And, okay. and I'll tell you this, I'll tell you this, Claudia, when this, when this was actually happening, yeah. I didn't share it with anyone. I didn't yeah. feel comfortable sharing with anyone. It was so intensely private and personal. Yeah. I and I felt it. so spiritual and, and so connected to God yeah. that I, I, I don't know if I was afraid or I don't know if I didn't want to be judged or I, I didn't know what people ever, would think. Were you ever incredulous? I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say incredulous. I, I would say that you know, maybe I was just a little, I think afraid is really the, right. is really okay. the best thing. I was just, just afraid. And, and also it was such a wonderful and personal experience that I felt like the presence of God or the presence of okay. the Holy Spirit as I was writing that it, it was really special. 
And okay, and so I don't know if selfishly I wanted to I want just to keep how. that for me. <laughs> how did it happen? I mean, did it happen in one moment, all of a sudden? It it happened over multiple moments. Mm -hmm. So just at, I'm writing I'm writing the content of my book, which is you know little spoiler. It's about an angel that is sent down from heaven, uh -huh. and so I'm writing about this you know this spiritual story and this beautiful story. And I found myself, I'd be writing and I'd, I'd just come to tears and I'd just come to tears and I would feel like God was right here with me. You know, like he had his arm around me as I was writing. Or I'd wake up in the middle of the night with dreams and, and of all sorts of things that he wanted me to create. Um, or I'd have, you know, I'd have visions of, of uh, things that I was supposed to do or, or to write about. And, and And like I said, it lasted for about five or six weeks and it would just be... Off and on, it would just happen, you know, most of the time when I was writing, just intense. Like I said, I'd get very emotional as I would write for, you know, a period of hours every afternoon. Yeah. And and, and the writing excuse me if flourished. I interrupt you. Um, at any time during those moments, because you're, you're couching them as moments, were there appearances or was it just an energetic feeling that you felt around you? Was it light? Was it energy? Was it really light? Or did you actually see a figure? I I never saw a figure mm -hmm. when I was awake. I would have lots of dreams. I would have lots of dreams where I would see things, but it was it was the presence, it was that energy that you that you're yeah, referring yeah. to mm -hmm. that I, I felt. And I had only felt it a few other times in my life in certain circumstances, but um, that I was just, it was so powerful and so strong that I was like, that, you know, like, I'm like, God is here with me. Like he's right yeah. here, right here in this room. And yeah. yeah, super powerful. Energy is a great word for it. Yeah. As, as so, you so say, you're writing away. Um, you had started writing and then this occurred. That means that the nature of your writing also changed. Can I, am I safe in saying that? So absolutely even at the minute, delicate word level or at the, you know, meta level, the structure of the book or, you know, how did it change or did you revamp the whole thing from the beginning or just continued? Yeah, I, I continued. I did rewrite some, um, the, the amount of writing flourished. So I went from writing, you know, 500 yeah. or, or a thousand words in a day to writing over 2000 in a couple hours. Mm -hmm. You know, wow. the, 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 the writing, yeah, it, it proliferated and, and I'd say the, the quality and the content and the, and the, the, um, depth of the writing improved significantly. Did you, um, since it was so fast, because I mean, 2000, uh, words in a couple of hours is, is a lot. Did you use a recorder or did you use just typing? I just typed and I'm not a great typist, Claudia. <laughs> I'm not a great typist. I, I, I mean, <laughs> I use all my fingers, but I make a lot of mistakes and, and everything. And one thing I would do is each day I would write. And then the next day I would read over what I had wow. written. And that's yeah. where I would make some instant edits. And that's where, you know, a lot of the, you know, the improvements came out of the rewriting, you know, instead of that initial, initial um, dump that was super fast. Okay. So, so the title of that book again, I'm, I, you know, is that the 12 hours of heaven? Yes. 12 hours of heaven. Hours. And the subtitle is lessons for a better world. 
Right. And the protagonist you said you, you gave us a spoiler was an angel. What was the name of the angel? His name is Ezra, Ezra. and he's he's sent down from heaven um, to uh, help some individuals. And, and he finds himself trapped in an elevator with 10 individuals <laughs> and they're trapped overnight. And that's where they're trapped for 12 hours, a period of 12 hours. And, okay. and during the 12 hours, he's able to help them all through the biggest challenges of their lives. And okay. those are the lessons that he imparts upon them. And earlier when we were talking about how um, you said you wanted to get to the, you know, the spiritual awakening and everything. Right. And, and I said that a lot of it came from, you know, the, the faith and came from my life and everything, all of those played a role in, yeah. in the content of the book, in the lessons, you know, of, of the book. Yeah. All right, I, I'm I'm thinking. I'm usually not this quiet. I'm thinking. I'm thinking because I like the notion of uh, you know twelve hours stuck in an elevator with this angel coming. I like that um, in the hands of a purpose who's a business strategist. I love that. I like it. I really think it's a good thing. Um, so this you published on your own. Um, you worked uh, as an independent publishing and uh, you got it out. When was the date that you dropped the book? When was it published exactly? So I, I finished the book on July um, 23rd. And in I, 2020? In 2020, in 2020, yes. And, and I was, it, at the end of June, I was not close to finishing. I was uh -huh. maybe halfway. And then when- Halfway? You know, and in one yes. month you finished it? That's when everything flourished in that, in that, you know, five or so weeks when everything flourished. And, and then what was really special for me, and I, I think you would appreciate this is in 2019, my father that I told you about earlier, who, who imparted faith in, in my life, he passed away at the age of 96. Oh my on, God, God bless him. Mm. On, on, on July 25th of 2019. And as I started getting close, I and I dedicated the book to him, and I thought, you know, I, I, I need to finish this by the anniversary of his death. And sure enough, I, I finished two days before, um, and I wanted the book to be out right away, right. <laughs> as, as a lot of authors. And then I spoke to a friend who's written four books, and he put me in touch with a publishing consultant, and right. she told me that it would be- Not easy. You know, a, a year or two if I was to go the traditional route. And, oh, God, even more than that. Yeah, a long time. And, and I, I felt that it needed to get out because people were suffering and I wanted to give some people some hope sure, and some sure. inspiration. Mm -hmm. And she said, if you work really hard, um, then we can get this book out before um, the election and the holidays and everything. And the book was released on um, October 10th. Wow. So three months, not even two months. Yes. Right? July, yes. August, September, two and a half months. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Very, so very soon too. after. Um, so this was 2020. It is now a year and some that it's been out. Yeah. Um, so let's say the, the key words that I keep reading in, in things that you have sent to me is this sparking change. Um, and, and well, of course, you're the founder of I Spark Change. Tell us what that is. 
Well, and thank you for asking, Claudia, because this is this is what's so important to me and, and I think really to the world is during that period where I told you I was having dreams and visions right. and, and a flood of ideas, mm-hmm. I feel I was given, you know, this idea of I spark change. And mm. that idea was born out of that period. The idea for for creating a community an organization to help spread positive change around the world. Right. When you say a community, an organization, what form did that take? Where did you go, you know, yell at the top of the mountain and God, you know, what happened here? (laughs) It's, it's very interesting that you use those words because (laughs) as you'll, 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 you'll see why, because as, as I told you earlier, when I was going through that period mm-hmm. of spirituality, it was so personal. I didn't tell a soul, not even my wife. As soon as I finished the book and I said, okay, the book's done. I need to get this out. And then I'm going to create this organization, I Spark Change. I wanted to scream from the mountaintops. Those are the exact words I used, Good. the exact words that I wanted to scream from the mountain. I wanted to tell everybody I right. possibly could. Well, so what did so you I, do? I, I recorded a video of myself in my backyard and posted it online and social media, and it was viewed thousands of times and the support was incredible. Mm-hmm. And then I said, okay, I, I, I started the, the community. We built a, a Facebook community and built a website and, and created iSpark Change. And, and for the past year, we were just celebrating our anniversary. Um, actually last week, um, we, uh, We've been growing the community. Well, what We've does been... the community do apart from, you know, feeding off of each other, uh, being in one place is already uh, significant, but does it have the, obje- I mean, is there a vision or an objection objective or um, is it, uh, I don't know, do people feed in with their ideas of, of activities or events that can uh, take place in the future? How does that work? Yes, it, it's it's everything you describe and and more as we mm-hmm. foresee it. So we're even though we're year in, we're still in the very early stages. Mm-hmm. What we're creating is it's a, essentially a um, a single place for you know all over the world. There's nonprofits, there's right. groups, there's organizations, there's charities, there's there's individuals that are all doing good of, in some capacity in the world. Right, and so. Our purpose is to empower others to elevate their social impact and to spread positive change around the world. Mm-hmm. And what we mean by that is that what we've been doing to this point is we've been highlighting and amplifying, spotlighting others that are doing good in the world. So we share their work on our social media platform. Mm-hmm. We we share inspiring and motivational content on a daily okay, basis. Let me, let me stop you there, and I'm going to be a devil's advocate for a second, okay? Um, yeah. I, I pay very particular attention to language. And when you say sparking change, I get an idea. People who are listening or viewing understand when something is black, if it changes, it turns white, for example. That's a change, right? When you talk about people who are doing good in the world, that is a little more subjective. And so it's very hard for a community to all have the same view of what is good and what is bad, you know, and it is not only subjective, but it is political, 
there's a political view to that. So I'm curious as to what the good looks like. I mean, do you, Rick Ornelas, spend time on any type of form, formal documentation within the group to describe and distinguish uh, good and bad. What is good? Is good um, philanthropists uh, giving money away to build schools in third world countries? It, what does it, you know, look like? Because it's, it's, you know, I'm not being, you know, I real like I said, the devil's advocate. Go ahead. Yes, and I appreciate the question because this comes up very frequently. Yeah, a bet. similar type, similar yeah. type question, and from the start. I have always said that iSpark Change is open to anyone and everyone, and that the community itself um, are the ones that determine um, what the content is and what the criteria is. Yeah. So it, it's we clearly we simply define it as anyone that is spreading positivity, positive change around the world. So philanthropy, yeah. helping others, yes, right? Building a school, yes. It can be as simple as someone um, uh, doing an act of service for their neighbor, mm -hmm. right? They, you, you hold the door open for someone um, in the right. grocery store. Work with the right? elderly, work with work. the homeless, yeah. Mm -hmm. Anything. And, and we even, I've even said on multiple interviews, even as simple as smiling at a stranger that you pass on the street, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because you never know the positive impact that that may have on their day. Right. They may be having a terrible day and that smile brightens them, goes them a up long a little way. Bit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, exactly. So we, we don't, um, we will build an app where we have a social media platform and everything, yes. and then it'll have the ah. terms and conditions and, okay, and that's all of big, that. That's a big investment of building an app. That's a huge, yes investment yeah yeah yes because our our goal uh, our goal claudia is within the next five years we want to have one billion members in our community in this community mm -hmm. and how many do you have today after about a year we're in we're in thousands we're maybe uh -huh. ten thousand maybe uh -huh. ten thousand today okay. but but and it's a big goal right a yeah. billion is a big number right it's a lot of zeros but five years you might be able to do that why and, the and five love... years what why five because I, I, I think that we're at a point in um, history of humanity where things are not great in many aspects. You know, last year was a of perfect course. example. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's there's far too much racism and anxiety and negativity and hatred and violence and and all these things that, you know, just your average person would say, OK, those are on the bad side. Right. Those those aren't on the okay. good side. OK. Yeah. And that that you know in history um the history of humanity we've gotten to points in history where the pendulum has swung so far in and i'm not talking political yeah. but it's swung so far in one way that all of a sudden it has to go back the other way right, right? out of the dark ages came the renaissance right. period for example right yeah. so um so i feel we're you know we're infringing on that that where it's swinging so far that it has to start going back the other way and that's why i think within the next few years, people will get to a point where they want the positivity. They want the change that, yeah. you know, things have to get bad enough sometimes for people to yeah. be driven to action. Um, and if you look at like Facebook, for example, they have two and a half billion members in yeah. Facebook. <laughs> and, you know, some people 
have great stuff on social media and some people have tons of negative things yeah. on social media and you know, not so good and you know lots of political things like you were saying and mm-hmm. and I, I think that um we've gotten to the point where people are it's the timing is good if you will yeah. that yeah. people are open open yeah. to it and i want to have a place where everybody can find one safe place where they're empowered and they can share whatever they're doing around the world. Okay. It I'm can be anywhere. To, I, I, I can see the halo forming. You know, you really, you should have been, were you an altar boy when you were I young? was not. I never oh, was. Neither was I. <laughs> That's yeah. what, That started my uh, aversion for the Catholic Church. I couldn't be an altar boy. Now, I see, <laughs> you know, the good um, actions and all of that. But I'm wondering... And you, you probably will be able to put it into words. How has the other side, you know, that other hat on your head changed in relation to your work as a um, uh, strategist? How noticeably has it changed the way you do things? Not only I spark change and all of this other um, activity that has grown from the awakening, but how has all of this that is happening um, fed into the way you work as a strategist, a business? That's strategist? an that's an excellent question, and I I don't believe anyone's ever asked me that. And I'll I'll answer it this way: is that they they really go hand in hand, and I didn't realize that at first. It, it, about a year ago. And, and yeah, I'll, I'll explain is that about a year ago, yeah. I was being pulled in two different directions right? Okay. because I had, I had my, my business and my, you know, business coaching business. And then I had iSpark change and how do I divide my time right. and how do I do all this? Right. And I realized they work one in the same because to, to elevate the social impact and to empower others yeah. to make a difference, a big part of that is is um, teaching leaders to empower others. So I I teach leaders, I I help build teams. So you can teach one person. Let's say your remit has uh, changed. Your remit, I think in in the UK, they say in the US, they say remit and in in the United States, they say remit or something. Your your objective, your job goal changed slightly. (laughs) Yes, slightly. Yes, mm-hmm. slightly. In that, in that now, now what I'm focused on on the business side of things is I'm focused on on showing um, individuals that they can have a social impact component to their business, and that they can, as a leader, that it's their responsibility to provide greater impact beyond you know mm-hmm. their small team or yeah. their small business, mm-hmm. right? That their their work, whatever work whatever that work looks like. So for example, you with your multiple uh, voices show that by that platform and giving people a voice to share that that's having a greater impact within the world, Mm -hmm. right? It has, it has an impact on a grander scale. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to show, show all these individuals that, you know, that I work with and, and, you know, future people that I'll work with is showing them, you know, helping them connect those dots, if you will, to how their whatever work they do, how it makes a greater impact. And so I because, imagine that you co-opt them for the iSpark change movement. 
Uh, you, you, after the first day of working them with them, you tell them right away about that iSpark change because you got that one billion members to get to. <laughs> Do they feed it, into it, that? Yeah, it, it is a part because the way I've always envisioned iSpark change, and, and I think the seed was planted years ago, you know, in my opinion, God works um, over time, you know, he'll plant mm -hmm. seeds and everything. And, and from 2009 to 2012, I... I had an idea for a social media platform and I started working on it and, and then I didn't have the resources or resourcefulness to get it going. And I realized last year that I did all that work years ago to prepare me to I see. create this yeah, yeah. at this time. But what I, what I envisioned in that, in that platform is that it's not just individuals, there's businesses, there's organizations, there's groups. It's a central hub of everyone in that community. So for example, if, if there's someone in Rome that posts a question or they're looking for help or, or a consultation in some area that they need, you know, you, for example, with your show, and then someone in Tanzania or right. Texas or whomever can say, oh, well, I could help you. And not that they're selling services or anything, but that they're, they want to help raise you up because you're providing impact, mm -hmm. you know, and that in turn... It helps everybody. On, another question that comes up, and it may not be relevant, but I believe it is, you're in the Texas area. So I would imagine that among your members, there are also Spanish uh, language speakers or at best bilingual uh, speakers. Do you find that? There are there are some. Um, in fact, my um, my social media uh, marketing um, assistant, uh, her name is Letty. Um, she's from Peru. She's Peruvian. She's fluent in Spanish. She started as an intern last year, and then then I ended up hire, hiring her. Um, but we're trying to spread this globally, yeah, so because, in yeah, all communities, it would be good to yeah. get the Spanish out as well because it's such an important language worldwide. Well, yes, well, all, well. all communities. <laughs> I think I, I I've um, in in Italian we say I've. Um, I've, what do you do with fruit? You squeeze it. I've squeezed you like a lemon. I got, <laughs> I got, I I'm glad. Look, I have um, your um, social media and I see your uh, website for iSpark Change, the Facebook, the Instagram, and different things. Is there anywhere, anything specific that you would like to close on uh, to the audience? Another, a message that you would like to throw out. One last message. Yes, absolutely, Claudia. And thank you. It's been a pleasure. I've very, very much enjoyed our conversation. But I'll, I'll say, I'll say, thank you. I'll say this to everyone is that, that anyone, no matter who they are, whether they think they're not big enough or not famous enough or that they can have an impact on the world and the lives of others. And as I said earlier, it can be as simple as a smile anything that you can do to positively impact and people know inside what that looks like anything that they can do um does have an impact on the world i like to say it creates that ripple effect if you think yeah. of a lake if you threw a pebble in a yeah. lake and it ripples out it can be tiny but it yeah. does have a ripple effect and does make the world a better place and that's how it's going to get done is by this small tiny actions being done every day will make a big change Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Rick. And uh, good luck to you. Thank you, Claudia, very much. Bye-bye.